Welcome to Pitmaster, an old Virginia Smoke podcast. I'm your host, Luke Darnell. June is here and it's barbecue season for everybody. But that being said, some of the best Pitmasters in the world have been cooking all year so far. Not very many people are having as good a year as Phil Breeden from LC Barbecue. Out of Texas, he has cooked all over the country with great success. Enjoy this podcast with Phil Breeden. This episode is brought to you by the Barbecue League. The Barbecue League is the ultimate barbecue experience. Here's why. One small annual investment from you instantly unlocks all 70-plus tell-all recipes, enthusiast recipes, restaurant tours, and more in their unmatched library. This isn't your typical YouTube-type content. World champions like Get and Basted, Shake and Bake Barbecue, Heavy Smoke Barbecue, La Pasadita Barbecue, and 913 Barbecue share their full tell-all recipes. No secret is left unsaid, and a new video release is guaranteed every single week of your membership. You'll also see unfiltered looks from all levels of pitmasters during their live competition coverage. Those same pitmasters are accessible through the league's upbeat online community. As soon as you sign up, you'll also have a full arsenal of some of the best discounts in barbecue from brands like Snake River Farms, Blues Hog, Big Papa Smokers, Gunter Wilhelm, Gateway Drum Smokers, and more. The Barbecue League puts on members-only contests throughout the year, hosts live and virtual events, and offers a full-access league lounge at participating events. Listeners to this podcast can receive $10 off of the $100 annual membership this month only by using the code JUNEPITMASTER, all capital letters, all one word, JUNEPITMASTER, on thebarbecueleague.com. We're here with Philip Breeden from Lucky Charms Barbecue. How you doing, big guy? Good, good. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. We had a nice 90-degree day here in Virginia, a little thunderstorm, so summer's on around the corner. Nice, nice. Yeah, it's been warm here, too. It was 97 yesterday, but we got a little break. It didn't hit 90 today. It's been real nice. You've been pretty much everywhere this year so far. (laughs) Yeah, man, we've traveled a lot this year. I mean, I like traveling, but this year has been even more than than most years, I guess. Uh, the main main focus has been on KCBS this year. I planned on doing that last year, you know, or last year I planned on doing that this year, and, and that's what we're doing. So being there's not a whole lot of KCBS in Texas, we got to get on the road and pound the pavement. Right on, right on. That's where we, we got to meet you a couple of times out here on the East Coast, and had some good times and you know i lo- sure. i lovingly refer to you as the leprechaun i was asked Lee, I'm like, where's, the leprechaun? where's the leprechaun and uh you're not the only one that says that i answer to it so that's okay <laughs> and i stole one of one of your koozies out of his trailer so that's my go-to koozie right now awesome awesome let me know when you wear it out i'll send you more <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the things that really impressed me upon meeting you at first is that I feel like you have a lot of confidence when you cook. Where does that confidence come from? And I don't know, I guess, you know, to me, I think success instills confidence or builds confidence. That comes pretty easy for me or, you know, with success, but, and I think that confidence comes along very easy. I think the problem that I have is having to dig a little deeper whenever your confidence gets uh, beat up a little bit. I think that most cooks kind of find themselves in a similar position. Man, it's easy to be confident when you're on top of the world and you're like, 
feel like you're GC in every cook you go to. And then at some point you're going to go to a cook off and you know, you're going to have a good cook. You're going to have four good turn-ins. Then you're going to have awards and they're not going to be what you want. And what I think each of us have to do to be better is dig down a little deeper and go, Hey, I had a good cook. I'm not sure what happened, but I'm going to go out next week. I'm going to be confident and I'm going to turn in the same thing. I think that the biggest thing cooks fight is, you know, maybe themselves or their head. So you got to be confident that you have what it takes and go out there and give it to them every week. That's great advice too, because I think a lot of people get wrapped up in going from, you know, contest to contest and okay, why did I get 12th ribs this weekend? And what changes should I make next week? And 99% of that time, you shouldn't make any changes. <laughs> yeah, maybe you should, maybe you shouldn't, but sorting through whether you should or shouldn't is the big deal. And just because the results weren't what you desired doesn't mean maybe necessarily you should make a change. So the mental part of the game is probably the toughest part about it, in my opinion. Yeah, I think barbecue is, you know, a lot of people say that golf is 80% mental and 20% physical. I think I think barbecue is a little bit more physical than that just because of the the ungodly. <laughs> I can assure you it's physical. Some <laughs> of it's self-inflicted physical, but whatever. It's still physical. <laughs> yeah. You got to be in barbecue shape. That's for sure. Right. And the driving is like the worst part of it. That's the one thing that nobody talks about. Just constantly. On the road. So I swear this year I've started, I take a lot of pictures. I like to take a lot of pictures. And I told my wife, Carmen, I said, Hey, at the end of the year, I'm going to, I'm just going to make a calendar of all the ugly pictures, whether it's dishes or thousand mile one-way journeys. And we're just going to make a calendar month of all the non-glamorous side of barbecue because all pe most people see is the awards and the trophies and those picks but man there's so much that goes into it from travel to prep to sourcing meat just getting your schedule together is a chore you know when you cook every week so there's so much that goes into it that I think most people just don't see and I know that a lot of people do I mean a lot of people do exactly what we do so yeah. they know how much goes into it but I think the mass publics don't know how much work goes into it besides what's just on the weekend right cleaning up that second day after a double no no bueno <laughs> ask Lee Hickle about that <laughs> he'll tell you how hard it is after you got to clean up after two teams after a double <laughs> I, I was there that day and uh yeah I bet he had all kinds of nice things to say about me I, I grabbed turned in that brisket and grabbed my suitcase and I said man I'll holler at you bro I'm sorry <laughs> he ain't talked to me since <laughs> that's not true that's not true, <laughs> no, it's not true. he He's what, probably one of the nicest guys I've ever met in barbecue, and I can't wait to have him on here. He, uh, I just got to meet him this year as well, and just what an amazing guy. He's just a great Yeah, for sure. For sure. Great guy. So one thing I don't know, and I tried to figure it out, how has your career and life experiences outside of barbecue prepared you to be a pit master on the competition trail? <laughs> Man, I don't know. You know, I'm in, or I was up until recently, a few weeks ago. I'm, I don't have a day job anymore. This is my day job. I own LC Barbecue. Uh, I compete full time, and barbecue is my full time gig. But it hadn't been for the past 25 years. I was in the electrical distribution industry. So 
I'll just call that business. I, I dealt with a lot of contractors and just a lot of people. So I think those interactions in that business with those people, you know, barbecue, I mean, there's a business side of it. It prepared me for a business side of barbecue. I don't know. I guess that's how I see it. Yeah, no, that's, there's always insights into our past. And I was a lot in the lobbying industry for 25 years before I got into this. So, you know, a lot of that getting to know people and putting yourself in the right situations to succeed, you know, a lot of that I learned from that. So no, that's cool. Sure, For sure. Let's switch gears here a little bit and get into some, some gear and some investment stuff. What's one of the best or most worthwhile investments that you've ever made in competition barbecue? Are we talking a large investment or small? Large. We'll get to small in a little bit. Okay. Well, man, I have a, I don't know. It's so hard to put my finger on one thing. I'm, I mean, I'm at my place right now. I'm staring at a motor home. I hadn't moved in six months that I probably put 50,000 miles on one year just traveling, but that allowed me to take my family around and do comps three years ago when you know, that, that just allowing my family to go and compete, that was a, that was a good investment. And I, I look over here, I'm staring at two trailers. I, they just had another one roll up today and a, a Jambo sitting on the porch that I got last week. I got the pit that I built, you know, six years ago, sitting at my shop. There's a drone, there's a gateway sitting right there. So it's kind of endless. I have tons of investments in all of this and one doesn't work without the other. My Jambo doesn't work if I can't get it there. If I can't take my family, I can't compete that weekend. You know, I mean, it all kind of goes hand in hand. So there's a, there's a lot of investments that have allowed me to do this every weekend for, um, I've been doing this every weekend, as long as they've had contests, COVID kind of jacked that up. But since January 6th of 2018, I've done this every single weekend. I've had very, you know, I can count on, it probably would take both hands the weekends I've had off, but I do this every weekend. So it takes all of those things to make it happen. All right, now let's get to the to the cheaper end of the equation. What's a purchase of $100 or less that has most positively impacted your cook? Man, I, I assume we're going to go beyond the LLC barbecue products because I feel like I can't even, like, compete without them. <laughs> but I'm biased, right? <laughs> those are good. Yeah, those are good. <laughs> so small things, man, I'm like a gadget guy when it comes to competing. I've got, of course, everybody else does too to an extent. I've probably got 15 spatulas in my drawer that I use, and I'll use almost every one of them in a comp. Um, I've got my, my, my fat separator. I've got long tweezers, three pair. I've got a, I, I, you know, it's just endless when it comes to gadgets. And some products I, I wouldn't want to go to a comp with. I travel a lot. I'll fly to comps and I'll, I'll actually mail a box of my stuff to a comp. So I have those things and it makes it more comfortable. I don't really care as much what I cook on as if I have all my stuff I need um, gadget wise, as far as spatulas and measuring cups and just ladles, things like that help, help me specifically. Right. And I wouldn't want to go to a cook off and not have duck fat either. So <laughs> just saying. <laughs> just saying. Duck fat, duck fat. Yeah. No, a lot of that is it's comfortability. It's um I learned that a couple of years ago when I was traveling around and borrowing pits and stuff that I had a box of stuff that it had to go. Whether I took it with me on the plane or whether I I shipped it out there, it had to be there. Um I've got three of those boxes. I've got one that 
stays on one trailer. I've got one that stays on another trailer. And I got one that stays boxed up that I can slap a UPS label on. Wow. See, that makes this podcast worth it for people listening. That's that's a great thing. I have I everything in triplicate. <laughs> everything in triplicate. Absolutely. That'll be the name of this podcast, most likely. We need to put the hey, we need to play, hey, we need to put that on t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> everything in triplicate. Yep. Yep. Who has impacted your life the most in competition barbecue? And I don't know if I can honestly answer that with one person. There's been so many people in my mind, and I think that's probably a moving target. But I'm, I cook in Texas. I'm from Texas. So early in the days of me getting into competing back in 2015 is when I started. You know, I'm from the Beaumont, Texas area. So I cooked with Rob Rogers. He kind of got me into this. Kevin Miller is a good friend of mine. I still talk to every couple weeks mm-hmm. that kind of evolved into the, you know, as I was kind of getting into it, Ernest Cervantes was cooking and doing well. So, you know, I'd look up to Ernest out there killing it. He's on TV. Fred's Fred Robles is killing it. And as of the, as a year, and I talk to Fred all the time these days and, but around Texas, I look at all the Texas cooks who do well and kind of draw inspiration on that, whether it's Corey Mikes or Matt Walker the list goes on and on. And I know I'm going to lose some people on this list, but um, yeah, I can't, I can't say I can point that in any one, any one direction. Right on. When you're having an issue with the meat, who do you, who do you reach out to? These days? I, I don't know. I'm stubborn. I'm hard headed. I've never taken a class. I don't encourage anyone to follow that advice, but <laughs> you've never but taken a class. I've never taken a class. I've never taken a formal class. I, after a few years, you know, I kind of just got hard headed and like, well, if I haven't taken a class by now, I might as well not. So I, I'd rather I'll go to a comp and bomb a meet 10 times in a row before. I mean, it's just a pride thing and it's stupid because I wouldn't tell anybody to do that. I'm like, man, go take a class. You can just like fast forward so much <laughs> anyway. So I, I won't. I won't give out the advice that I follow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But these days, if I'm struggling in a meet, and I still do, it comes and goes, and it rotates between the meets. You know, I'm really close. Me and Bill Purvis talk daily. I don't necessarily go to him and go, hey, my whatever's struggling, what can I do? But we just have enough conversations that it ends up kind of working itself out in my mind sooner or later if I'm kind of struggling with something. So between Bill or Lee Hickel, Mm -hmm. we cook together so much, so often everything we just kind of help each other out whenever we need it yeah no that's good that's good advice what was the biggest biggest turning point for you as a pit master well i can tell you this and i kind of already mentioned it but early 2018 i went and did hold them and hit them in pasadena texas then the next weekend i don't remember where i cooked but i cooked and the next weekend i cooked and next thing you know it was seven weekends in a row and i'm like i'm just gonna keep cooking this is so fun that was kind of a turning point to me. I think I did maybe like 46 in a row before I took a weekend. I don't know. It was a long time before I ever took one. Wow. I think in over 800 days, I was home on Saturday once or twice in over 800 days straight. So when I started cooking every weekend, I think that was a turning point for me because I wasn't doing it a dozen times a year. I was doing it every weekend and you can just stay so in tune with the sport. 
I mean, when you cook on a Saturday, it was like you're cooking yesterday, not a month from now or two months from now. You know, I mean, you just, yeah. you don't, you can remember everything you're doing. So I, I guess for me, that was a turning point is just cooking more and more and more. I tell people all the time that if you really want to get better at competition barbecue, cook four weeks in a row. You know, these guys, yeah. these guys that cook 10 times a year and they wonder why they never do well. I'm like, cook, cook four weekends in a row. You're going to learn a lot about your cooker. You're going to learn a lot about your process and you're going to learn a lot about yourself. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So team name is lucky charm. So you have got to have some habits and rituals and superstitions and stuff that you do at competitions. <laughs> okay. So th it'll be a two-part answer. So my team name it was when I saw you last, Lucky Charms, and it has been Lucky Charms ever since I started competing. I updated my spreadsheet a couple of days ago. I think my last comp this past weekend was 197 for me. I don't know, three or four comps ago. It, well, it was uh, Alabama was the first comp I competed as LC Barbecue. And I did that specifically for a reason, because as I cook KCBS and travel the country and I'm exposed to so many more people, you know, they're confused on who's Lucky Charms and who's LC Barbecue Products. So I didn't want there to be anything lost in translation. It's the same person. Lucky Charms and LC Barbecue is is me. So now I'm just LC Barbecue as I compete as LC Barbecue. And obviously our season and season ends and injections is LC Barbecue. Okay. <laughs> LC Barbecue. <laughs> yep so lc barbecue now that doesn't mean lucky charms like goes away uh, i'll still answer to lucky charms right i mean it has a it has a spot in my heart forever <laughs> right 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 so are there any superstitions and things that you do at contests no there's not <laughs> i i'm not superstition and i go out of my way to make sure i'm not superstitious if i hit a a first place something I try to change something just so I don't become superstitious. I'll just, I'll just change something huh. so that it's not superstition. Wow. <laughs> and I don't have to wear dirty underwear for the rest of my life. So whatever. <laughs> no one's answered that question like that. That's, uh, that's pretty I'm probably going to answer a lot of questions you have, like no one's ever answered. <laughs> Everything in triplicate. <laughs> Everything in triplicate. Are you a music guy when you cook? Man, I am a music guy. I I love music. Um, uh, music gets me pumped up. I listen to everything too, from Co Wetzel to Co Wetzel. You know, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and preferably as loud as I can play it. I've learned over the years that as loud as I like to play it ain't necessarily as loud as everybody wants to listen to it. So I've I've toned it down quite a bit and, but I might have them earbuds in going to, you know, turned up to a hundred or whatever, but yeah, I love music at cook-offs. It gets me pumped up and just kind of gets me in the zone. That's awesome. That's is because we've, we've started, we had now have playlists for each meet. We've gone as far as like, I want the same six songs on every, every meet. So music's a huge part of what we do, but maybe that's too much. I well, that sounds kind of superstitious. That sounds oh. superstitious. <laughs> yeah, I'm the exact opposite of you, man. I have 10,000 superstitions that I have to do and so much stuff that has to go on. Man, I, I could see that happening early on. And I'm like, man, I don't want to go down that road because 
I want this to be fun. And if I start having a superstition and then I skip that one time and then I'm going to have bad results and I'm going to beat myself up and it's not fun anymore. So that's why I chose not to have superstitions. See, I think the superstitions are fun. If I don't, if I don't poke the, the later hosen keychain in the crotch before chicken turning. <laughs> well, know. if I had a cool superstition like that, I'd probably be superstitious. <laughs> the only cool superstition I got is I like to drink beer at comps. If if I can't drink beer, I don't go to comps. So that's my superstition. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Is your, <laughs> is your competition the week? Is your competition week the same week in and week out? Like um, no, days? no, no, no. It's really not. I don't. I don't really have routines like. I know some guys trim meat on the same day. They'll make injections. And, you know, I'm just kind of – I'm so busy. I just kind of got to fit it all in where it fits in, you know. Uh-huh. And it changes over the years. You know, I've gone from I won't open a meat or a piece of cryovac until I'm at a comp to these days I'm trying to stay ahead of it. Just with all the travel, it's so hard. I'm getting there so late to be prepared as possible. But, no, the routines are definitely all over the board not that wouldn't be what i would advise i would i would advise someone to be as routine as possible and as prepared as possible it just doesn't always uh work out that way i got four kids we stay really busy so we we just fit it all in however we can four kids and cook every weekend i don't know how you do that leprechaun but it's got got to involve magic (laughs) (laughs) yeah for sure they don't yeah they don't know it any other way, honestly. I, I did stay home a couple years ago on a Saturday, and my wife tells a story. She's like, he mowed the yard twice, <laughs> you know? And the kids were like, Dad, you can't stay home next weekend. You got to go. I don't, I don't think I was good company. I was, out, I, I was out of my routine. I just didn't know what to do with my hands. It was terrible. <laughs> What's been the most surprising thing to come out of competition barbecue for you? Um. Well, I guess LC Barbecue. I had no intentions whenever I got into this of owning a company and making a living doing competition barbecue and selling products. So by far. That's great. Starting a business out of it is always, I love hearing those stories. I've done it recently myself and it's, it's so rewarding and finally doing something that you love is it's, that's the real happiness I've found. Yeah. It's not hard to put your heart into it. You know, it's because it's what you love. Yeah. Are you a cook? A field cook or a timeline cook? Both. Yeah, both. Both? Uh, Timelines are very important to me, but I'm going to look at the meat. I'm going to touch the meat. And sometimes it goes exactly like the timelines say, and sometimes it's just way off course, you know? So at the end of the day, timelines are a guide for me, Mm -hmm. Uh, but you got to cook the meat. You got to cook the meat. You get a lot of, how do you relate to gut feelings when you're cooking? Yeah, I love gut feelings. I mean, that's that's a lot of it, you know, yeah. to me. I mean, it's routine, right? We do this every week, so it's not like a lot changes other than I have cooked on a lot of different cookers this year. I've cooked on drums. I mean, in the past month, I've cooked on my offset, a Jambo, drums, a Weber, which, I, like I said, I don't care what cookers I cook on as much as having, like, everything I need for the cook-off. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, guts, guts definitely – a big part of my game just because when you're juggling cookers as much as I do it's not routine to the same cooker the same timelines the same thing week in and week out so I gotta pay attention and tell me what that meat's doing right you gotta stay dynamic 
for know, sure. You can't be locked into well, I do this at eleven fifteen, so I'm going to do this at eleven fifteen. It may not be ready for it. Well, yeah. I think it's good that you should know that you should do something eleven fifteen, and whether or not you do it at eleven fifteen or not is what your gut tells you. How important is psychological warfare at a competition for you? Do you get into that taking <laughs> people out and messing with them? It's not called psychological warf warfare. It's called defense. <laughs> defense. I, I would like to say every now and then I'll play defense. <laughs> and sometimes some people just don't like do as well on Saturdays if they're next to somebody who has really loud music. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. We call it defense. I don't like to play defense. I, I kid around with it and we joke or whatever, but. Yeah, man, it didn't it doesn't go into any part of my game, man. I'm there to do what I do. They can do what they do. Um, and and I like seeing everybody bring in their A game. I don't want to feel like, oh man, he didn't have his best meets or this or that. So I kid around with it, but man, I'm I'm pulling for everybody. Yeah. And I'm there to focus on what I do. That's cool. That's cool. I let everybody else play defense. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into my rapid fire segment here. This is my favorite questions that I ask because they're short answers normally, but they're they're really cool questions. So, okay, what do you see about barbecue on social media that upsets or bothers you? Hmm. <laughs> I can't think of anything. I mean, I don't know. People bickering about somebody else in barbecue. Man, we're all in this together. So, I, I don't know. I like unity, and when I see these kind of like stuff on the sidelines, people going at it and whatever. I, I don't know. I'm out on that. I kind of like seeing unity. Gotcha. When it goes separate, I'm out. Do you have a favorite pre, during, or post-competition meal? Post-competition? Yeah, I love some Mexican food and I'll do some jalapeno margaritas. That's normally a go-to. Jalapeno margarita. That sounds amazing. It don't matter where you go. Everybody's always got one. <laughs> And some are better than others. <laughs> Do you have a favorite present that you like to give to people? <laughs> no. <laughs> I feel like there's a guess in there, but you're just not telling. <laughs> some things can't just can't be said. Fair enough. If you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, getting a message out to millions, what would it say and why? Well, I probably have two billboards. The first one would say www.lcbbqshop.com. That's a great answer. And maybe, what's that? That's a great answer. <laughs> if they didn't hear me, I can say it again. No, 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 they got it. They got it. <laughs> Play it back. No. Um, <laughs> so on a billboard, Tell me the question one more time. Let's let's see what we'll put on the other billboard. If you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, getting a message out to millions or billions, what would it say and why? <laughs> Man, I don't know. Just something I like to tell people I think of or whatever as, as I'm going through comps or, or you know, if, if I'm trying to give someone advice, I, I don't know. To me, it's always the little things, you know? And that's it. It's just the little things. It's so easy to skim over some little things. We get involved in a comp. We get to hanging around our buddies and like, oh, I got to put my chicken in the brine. I'll go, I'll go 10 more minutes and I'll do it. Man, it's a little thing. Everything matters. When you add it all up, everything matters. So to me, 
you can't overlook the little things. Yeah, that's a great answer. That's a great answer. Last question. I hope you have an answer for this. <laughs> what is an unusual habit or an absurd thing that you love? Well, I'll tell you what, I, I, I think that it would be so much easier to answer it if you said, what are some things you don't love? <laughs> Can we change the question? Sure. Because I have a lot of answers. <laughs> um, I don't like red lights. I don't like spoons. Why don't you like um, spoons? I just don't yeah. like them. I just, I, I, I eat, I eat everything with a fork. I hate spoons. Well, I mean, if I'm eating cereal, if I'm eating like my love charms, I'll eat that with a spoon. I just don't like spoons. It's weird. I mean, I don't know. I don't like spoons. <laughs> that might be the title of this podcast. I don't like spoons. I figure I'll give you a, diff a few different avenues to name it, you know, whatever. <laughs> give you something to pick from. <laughs> I don't like spoons. Oh, I like it. That's all. In triplicate. In triplicate. In triplicate I don't like spoons. <laughs> I don't like spoons. I don't like spoons. I don't like spoons. <laughs> In triplicate. I love it. There you go. You got it. We drug it out of there. Hey, does anybody else ever said that? That they don't like spoons? Yeah. I've never heard anybody in my life say they don't like spoons. I mean, most people are going to be, <laughs> yeah, most people are going to be ambiguous to spoons, you know, like, but we keep talking. You're going to drag a lot of other things out of me. You ain't never heard before. <laughs> well, we'll save that for the part two. <laughs> okay. Sounds good to me. All right, buddy. Well, thank you very much again. Now, where can people find you online and find your products? www.lcbbqshop.com All right, Philip. Thanks a lot, man, and good luck. Thanks for having me, Luke. Yes, Appreciate sir. It. Yes, sir. Take care. Thank you for listening to Pitmaster, an old Virginia Smoke podcast. Be sure to subscribe and like the podcast, rate the podcast, and share it out with all your friends. Also, be sure to check out the old Virginia Smoke YouTube channel as well. We will have another episode for you next week. For companies interested in advertising, please contact Old Virginia Smoke directly via www.oldvirginiasmoke.com. Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast, is edited by Chris Sedenka. Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast, is a property of Old Virginia Smoke, LLC. All rights reserved. Copyright 2021.